Welcome back, everybody, and this is 80s Pop Tops. My name is Shelby, and in this week, we will be covering the top five from 1981. And also, as this is October 1st, 2021, today is the official 40th anniversary of MTV's launch. So I will have a little bit after we go over the top five on that and a couple extra songs for you and some just some added ramblings of mine. So please stay tuned after the last song and we can talk for a little bit. So as we've been covering 1981, we finally come to the top five. And this top five will be not without controversy. Nothing serious. It's just more of like an accounting issue, which I will discuss near the top. But here we are. It is 1981. These are your top songs. And we will start this with number five with the artist that will be our spotlight artist probably in two weeks from now. This song was top the charts in April of 1981. And this was a number one for three weeks. This was definitely not the first hit for this duo, but was the one that broke through from a good artist, mainly like a rock artist more in a, to the pop superstardom that they would have changed for the rest of the decade. So yes, this is number five and let's take a listen now.
All right, everybody, welcome back. That was number five, Kiss on My Lip List from Hollow Notes. That was the big breakout hit from their album Voices that was released in 1981. Um, they would have another one to, to top the charts later that year, which we've already listened to. But like I said, this was the beginning of their big breakout in the 80s. Um, as I said, we'll be covering them more in depth, so I don't want to give away too much now. It'll give me enough material for that episode, but we will get to that. So as 1981, you noticed, as I've said many times, it doesn't really have an overall theme. The 80s hadn't found their voice yet, and people still didn't know where to go, so they were kind of just looking around. So this is going to bring us up to number four. This is another song from an artist we had covered last year. Um, this was a soundtrack song, um, the biggest song from this out movie. Um, this was Arthur's theme from the movie Arthur. Um, did really well. It was also a number three week song at number one in October of that year. So I'm going to take a quick listen now and then we can come back and talk about Mr. Cross. All right, everybody. I know. 
but that was number four, Arthur's Theme by Christopher Cross. This was your number four song for the 1981. This would not be Christopher Cross's last top ten hit. He would have a, his last one would be in 1984 um, with Think of Laura. It would peak at number nine down on one of the charts. Um, Christopher Cross, as I, had, I don't know if you had meant, I had mentioned last year when we were talking about his other music, um, had a really bad bout with um, COVID, and he had actually lost a use of his legs for a little while. It turned out it had triggered an episode of Guillain-Barre disease, so that was what actually caused his legs to stop functioning and have him not be able to walk for a while. Um, he's on the mend now. He's able to walk again, and he's getting back to health, but he plans on trying to tour again next year if he's healthy able, and able enough to do so. Um, this was from that movie, um, Arthur. This was not the sequel. <laughs> Nobody remembers. This was from the original one. Um, this song is a lot of funny memories for me. I mean, most of the people I know that remember the song say it sounds like he's in a car as he's driving by each time he sings a lyric. It's just the way his voice worked, the wavering up and down as he sang. But anyways, this was your number four song for this year. Um, another one of your slower ballad songs and I don't know if you've noticed, it seems most of the time, especially before the SoundScan era, more ballady or more quote-unquote you know, songs that could appeal to mass audiences were always near the top, of course. So that's why, I mean, these are the just type of songs you hear. And this is why, to me, it, this decade, the first couple of years, had its hard time finding its voice, finding its sound that we would all begin to realize and recognize as your quintessential 80s sound. With that being said... Let's go on to another really ballady song. This is your number three song. Thank you, and we will take a listen now. My love, there's only you in my life. The only thing that's right. My first love. Your every breath that I take Your every step I make And I Your 
That was your number three song for 1981, Endless Love by Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. This song topped the charts in August of 1981 for nine weeks. This song has a f- three very big accolades that it's been given. It is the most successful Motown single of all time. Believe it or not, as big as Motown was, this song, as far as its chart run, nine weeks, it was the biggest one ever for Motown. It's also the most successful soundtrack single of all time. The soundtrack, no. The soundtrack, this soundtrack is just one song in it. But this song even tops the bodyguard for lengths at number one. Um, it was also the most successful duet of all time and still is, surpassing the Everly Brothers from the early 50s. So this song itself, while doesn't get played a lot anymore, I, I don't hear it on the regular radio anymore much, was very big in that. I do remember around that time hearing it a lot. So it's it was ever present on the radio, constantly being played. Um, like I said, this is a ballad, a love song, and from a modest movie. I mean, the movie itself, do you even remember the movie that it's from? <laughs> do you? But, um, yeah, I mean, Endless Love, about all I can remember from it is it had uh, Brooke Shields in it, I think. <laughs> Richard Gere, I think. Like I said, the movie itself, for, unforgettable. No, that's very much forgettable. Pardon me. <laughs> But yeah, this song, it was a big song. And you're going to notice with the next three songs, they had very long runs at the top, and which is going to lead into the little bit of a controversy about this year when we get there. So with that being said, let's get into our top two. And this is our number two song for 1981. She's 
That was our number two song for 1981, Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes. This song was number one for nine weeks starting in May of that year. I've never understood how you break ties when it comes to length of time at number one, because as I said before, Endless Love was also number one for nine weeks, but Betty Davis Eyes is considered number two above it. It may have to do with more times on the chart itself. I don't know. Maybe somebody else can tell me, but I don't know how you break those kinds of ties. Anyways, with that being said, this was Kim Carnes' biggest hit of her career. It was a number one in 21 countries and a double Grammy winner for Song of the Year and Record of the Year in 1981. It was so successful that she found it hard to ever compete against it. She, she admitted in 1985, four years later, that she knew she was never going to top it. It was just like out of nowhere a hit that just couldn't be topped. I wouldn't consider her a one-hit wonder. There's other albums and songs she did that did okay. I mean, what do you consider one and wonder how far the next song comes in? So I don't consider her. This is one that is this. It was just so big that she just could never match it or even come close to it as it was. This song, like I said, came around the summer of 81. Now the summer of 81 for me personally was very memorable. I don't know if I had said this before. We spent most of the summer with the boat my family had just got um, going down to the Keys every now and then. And I remember this song a lot as we drove through the the mangroves on that long 18-mile stretch of one lane each way. So whenever I hear that song, this is the memories that come into my head, being out on the water and just enjoying the summer. That was also the summer that I caught chicken pox and had to be rushed back from seeing my uh, my dad up where he was because they had just had a my half-sister... <laughs> who has the same birth date as me. They had just seen, had her, so they had to rush me back to make sure I didn't spread it all around to everybody. But like I said, this is one of those songs for me has a very big memory with it for that year, for that time. It's just locked in because I guess I heard it so much it just burnt itself into your brain like music tends to do. With that being said, we're going to go into our number one song now. And you're saying, what song top two songs that were number one for nine weeks? Well, we're going to get into that, and we're going to get into why a lot of people do not consider this the number one song of 1981. They consider it the number one song of 1982, um, and Betty Davis eyes to be the number one song. Uh, but the Billboard charts that I'm using do consider this next song to be the number one song for 1981. So let's play it, and then we can talk about it.
So everyone, this is your number one song for 1981, Physical by Olivia Newton-John. Or is it the number one song for 1982? Well, I'm going with 1981 as we've already played it and we're discussing it. The reason for all this is because this song was number one for 10 weeks starting November 21st of 1981. So obviously it's 10 weeks we're going to carry over into the first, second half of January of 82. So you will hear it as the number one song for 82 a lot. You'll also hear it as the number one song for 81 sometimes. I could not find a definitive reason. I've heard them say this side or that side. So pick your side and debate it. It doesn't matter. It was definitely one of the longest number ones for the decade of 1980, the 80s. If you look, I don't think the rest of the 80s, there was anything that came close. Now, the 90s, there was a bunch of ones. And since then, I've just turned it all around. Of course, we're all using different ways of charting songs and everything like that. Anyways, that being said, this was by the next solo album after Magic that she had done after Greece. It was like her second solo album after Greece, um, where she was sticking with the image that she had formed, in my opinion, at the end of Greece. Um, more upbeat, more songs like this. This song had a lot of controversies because of the times. I mean, the video, the people hated the, the, the overt sexuality about it. They hated the overt sexuality contained in the song, which it's come on now, people. Well, now this is like, oh, yeah, okay, please. But anyway, at that time, it was a big thing. So like I said, this was your number one song of the year. And this was really one of her last big hits. I mean, she did a couple that cracked the top 20. There's like Twist of Fate, I think was in the top 20, but that was really it. Um, she's still around, um, thankfully. Like I said, she's one of my first crushes, and I really enjoyed her for a long time. Just enjoyed a lot of her songs. So here you go, everybody. These was your top 25 songs for the year, 1981. Well, unless you want to do the whole physical controversy. Anyway, with that being said, 1981 also had something very big happen. Um, it was on this day that I'm recording, August 1st, 1981, that MTV premiered. Now, when it premiered, it premiered on a very select few cable systems. Back then, the way cables worked, um, you had to go to each cable system and say, this is a channel I'd like for you to show. And on its premiere, MTV was not on all the systems. There was on very few. Shoot, as a matter of fact, the VJs themselves had to cross the river and go into them. Um, Brooklyn to watch their uh, the premiere of their show because Manhattan did not have a system that it could be shown on. And anyway, um, I don't know if you've known, there's a whole been a whole bunch of stories, but I just think they're amazing. When they were premiered, Alan Hunter was your first VJ that you saw. That was not supposed to be the case. It was supposed to be Mark Goodman, but that somehow the tapes got switched and Alan Hunter was the first one shown instead of Mark Goodman. You know, it's just one of those things. It just didn't actually hurt. It's just a funny little fact. So when it premiered, it premiered with a song from 1979. Now, everybody knows, probably knows what song this is, and everybody thinks of it as an 80s song, but little known fact, this song actually came out in 1979. So let's take a quick listen to that and get back into MTV.
So everybody, that was Video Killed the Radio Star by The Buggles, a song that came out in, yes, 1979, not 1981. So once MTV premiered, there was a hard push for them to get on as many cable systems as possible. Um, and they started getting on with Buzz and things like that. Um, it was even some sort of obscure record shop in Tulsa, Oklahoma with The Buggles that they proved that they could sell records. And once they did that, you know, the rest of the record companies started begrudgingly giving them the videos for free because they didn't want to give them for free at first. They wanted to charge MTV to play them, which is a lot of the reason why to this day you do not have MTV anymore. They eventually started charging MTV for them and MTV said, ah, no, that's okay. We'll play crappy reality shows from now on. And that's what MTV is now. They're so far away from music that it's, they don't even say music. It's just the M as the letter M. Um, that being said, I'm not going to get into that argument because even if they still did music today, I wouldn't listen to them because it would be modern music. So, yeah, I mean, that's your own thing. And I can go on YouTube and make my own MTV playlist and listen to that without commercials and be much more happier with that. So anyways, once they started getting on the other systems, I was introduced to them in 1983 when we moved to our new home. We got cable. Uh, yes, we got the remote control boxes. The remote control cable boxes of that time were a cable box with a 10-foot cord. Yeah, remote, my butt. 10-foot cord from the TV that you drag across your floor that you could sit within your chair and press the three little lines of over 30 channels, and that was, you know, amazing at the time. This was in 1983. I remember it vividly because it was the first week that we had gotten it to cable that thriller premiered and i remember going to school and having my mom tape it so i could watch the premiere after when i got back home from school so that's why i can always remember the year when i officially got it for good and this was something i'd always um watch for maybe 10 15 minutes each morning while eating breakfast before watching it the one or two cartoons i would before leaving for school so yeah it affected the way music got to me and it expanded my horizons and i had another podcast from very early on where i discovered discussed that the reason that they MTV is, for me, really responsible for changing music in 83 and 84, they were so bereft of videos that they had that they reached over to the British bands, the New Romantics, the New Waves, and since they had so much content because they had to put it on for pop, Top of the Pops and stuff like that, there was just so, so much more there. They went and grabbed that and put it on because they had to fill time. And when they filled time with that, it introduced it to a new audience being me and people like that and that kind of music ended up taking over drowning out your country pop crossover and any of your stuff that was you know just eh, it, it kind of, that's when your that's when your identity for the 80s was formed is in 83 and 84 on a side note when i get to 84 and having to pick my top icons it's going to be tough because there's at least three i want to do so i have to figure out that but that's a story for another day so everybody, I want to thank you for coming with me, um, enjoying this little countdown we had here. Um, I'm going to do something a little bit differently this week. I'm going to close out with a song. This was the second song played on MTV that night after Video Killed the Radio Star. It's a lesser known song by Pat Benatar, but it's very good. And it's to me, I like it just as much. So I wanted to try and close out with that. With that being said, everybody, have a great week. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks with my, my pop icons of 1981. Hall and Oates. Thanks, everybody. And I hope to hear from you again soon. Thank you, guys. I appreciate all the support. Have a great week.